Chapter Nine, Part One of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant, translator unknown. Chapter Nine, Marriage, Part One. Georges Duroy resumed his old habits. Installed in the cosy apartments on Rue de Constantinople, his relations with Madame de Marelle became quite conjugal. Madame Forestier had not returned. She lingered at Cannes. He, however, received a letter from her, announcing her return about the middle of April but containing not a word as to their parting he waited he was resolved to employ every means to marry her if she seemed to hesitate he had faith in his good fortune in that power of attraction which he felt within him a power so irresistible that all women yielded to it at length a short note admonished him that the decisive moment had arrived i am in paris come to see me madeleine forestier nothing more he received it at nine o'clock at three o'clock of the same day he called at her house she extended both hands to him with a sweet smile and they gazed into each other's eyes for several seconds then she murmured how kind of you to come he replied i should have come whensoever you bade me they sat down she inquired about the walters his associates and the newspaper i miss that very much said she I had become a journalist in spirit. I like the profession. She paused. He fancied he saw in her smile, in her voice, in her words, a kind of invitation, and although he had resolved not to hasten matters, he stammered, Well, why, why do you not resume that profession under the name of Duroy? she became suddenly serious and placing her hand on his arm she said do not let us speak of that yet divining that she would accept him he fell upon his knees and passionately kissed her hands saying thank you thank you how i love you she rose she was very pale duroy kissed her brow when she had disengaged herself from his embrace she said gravely listen my friend i have not yet fully decided but my answer may be yes you must wait patiently however until i disclose the secret to you he promised and left her his heart overflowing with joy he worked steadily, spent little, 
tried to save some money that he might not be without a sou at the time of his marriage and became as miserly as he had once been prodigal summer glided by then autumn and no one suspected the tie existing between duroy and madame forestier for they seldom met in public one evening madeleine said to him you have not yet told madame de marelle our plans no my dear as you wished to keep them secret i have not mentioned them to a soul very well there is plenty of time i will tell the walters she turned away her head and continued if you wish we can be married the beginning of may i obey you in all things joyfully the tenth of may which falls on saturday would please me for it is my birthday very well the tenth of may your parents live near rouen do they not yes near rouen at canteleu i am very anxious to see them he hesitated perplexed but they are then he added more firmly my dear they are plain country people innkeepers who strained every nerve to give me an education i am not ashamed of them but their simplicity their rusticity might annoy you she smiled sweetly no i will love them very much we will visit them i wish to i too am the child of humble parents but i lost mine i have no one in the world she held out her hand to him but you he was affected conquered as he had never been by any woman i have been thinking of something said she but it is difficult to explain he asked what is it it is this i am like all women i have my my weaknesses i should like to bear a noble name can you not on the occasion of our marriage change your name somewhat she blushed as if she had proposed something indelicate he replied simply i have often thought of it but it does not seem easy to me <laughs> why not he laughed because i am afraid i should be ridiculed she shrugged her shoulders not at all not at all everyone does it and no one laughs separate your name in this way du roi it sounds very well he replied no that will not do it is too common a proceeding i have thought of assuming the name of my native place first as a literary pseudonym and then as my surname in conjunction with duroy which might later on as you proposed be separated she asked is your native place canteleu yes i do not like the termination could we not modify it 
she took a pen and wrote down the names in order to study them suddenly she cried now i have it and held toward him a sheet of paper on which was written madame duroy de cantel gravely he replied yes it is very nice she was delighted and repeated duroy de cantel madame duroy de cantel it is excellent excellent then she added with an air of conviction you will see how easily it will be accepted by everyone after to-morrow sign your articles d de cantel and your echoes simply du roi that is done on the press every day and no one will be surprised to see you take a nom de plume what is your father's name alexandre she murmured alexandre two or three times in succession then she wrote upon a blank sheet monsieur and madame alexandre du roi de cantel announce the marriage of their son monsieur georges du roi de cantel with madame forestier she examined her writing and charmed with the effect exclaimed with a little method one can succeed in anything when georges reached the street resolved to call himself henceforth du roi or even du roi de cantel it seemed to him that he was of more importance he swaggered more boldly held his head more erect and walked as he thought gentlemen should he felt a desire to inform the passers-by my name is du roi de cantel scarcely had he entered his apartments when the thought of madame de marelle rendered him uneasy and he wrote to her immediately appointing a meeting for the following day it will be hard thought he there will be a quarrel surely the next morning he received a telegram from madame informing him that she would be with him at one o'clock he awaited her impatiently determined to confess at once and afterward to argue with her to tell her that he could not remain a bachelor indefinitely and that as monsieur de marelle persisted in living he had been compelled to choose someone else as a legal companion when the bell rang his heart gave a bound madame de marelle entered and cast herself into his arms saying good afternoon bel ami perceiving that his embrace was colder than usual she glanced up at him and asked what ails you take a seat said he we must talk seriously she seated herself without removing her hat and waited he cast down his eyes he was preparing to commence finally he said slowly my dear friend 
you see that i am very much perplexed very sad and very much embarrassed by what i have to confess to you i love you i love you with all my heart and the fear of giving you pain grieves me more than what i have to tell you she turned pale trembled and asked what is it tell me quickly he said sadly but resolutely i am going to be married she sighed like one about to lose consciousness then she gasped but did not speak he continued you cannot imagine how much i suffered before taking that resolution but i have neither position nor money i am alone in paris i must have near me someone who can counsel comfort and support me what i need is an associate an ally and i have found one he paused hoping that she would reply expecting an outburst of furious rage reproaches and insults she pressed her hand to her heart and breathed with difficulty he took the hand resting on the arm of the chair but she drew it away and murmured as if stupefied oh my god he fell upon his knees before her without however venturing to touch her more moved by her silence than he would have been by her anger clo my little clo you understand my position oh if i could have married you what happiness it would have afforded me but you were married what could i do just think of it i must make my way in the world and i can never do so as long as i have no domestic ties if you knew there are days when i should like to kill your husband he spoke in a low seductive voice he saw two tears gather in madame de marelle's eyes and trickle slowly down her cheeks he whispered do not weep clo do not weep i beseech you you break my heart she made an effort to appear dignified and haughty and asked though somewhat unsteadily who is it for a moment he hesitated before he replied madeleine forestier madame de marelle started her tears continued to flow she rose duras saw that she was going to leave him without a word of reproach or pardon and he felt humbled humiliated he seized her gown and implored do not leave me thus she looked at him with that despairing tearful glance so charming and so touching which expresses all the misery pent up in a woman's heart and stammered i have nothing to say i can do nothing you you are right you have made a good choice 
and disengaging herself she left the room with a sigh of relief at escaping so easily he repaired to madame forestier's who asked him have you told madame de marelle he replied calmly yes did it affect her not at all on the contrary she thought it an excellent plan the news was soon noised abroad some were surprised others pretended to have foreseen it and others again smiled inferring that they were not at all astonished the young man who signed his articles d de cantel his echoes du roi and his political sketches du roi spent the best part of his time with his betrothed who had decided that the day fixed for the wedding should be kept secret that the ceremony should be celebrated in the presence of witnesses only that they should leave the same evening for rouen and that the day following they should visit the journalist's aged parents and spend several days with them duroy had tried to persuade madeleine to abandon that project but not succeeding in his efforts he was finally compelled to submit end of chapter nine part one recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey